So next week is going to be Super Bowl Sunday. So what is everyone's favorite Super Bowl treat to eat? I'll go first. So mine is spinach and artichoke dip or really any dips. I like all of them. What? I like all the dips. All the dips. <laughs> Not that kind. <laughs> That's what I was thinking no, too. No, like instead of like, I don't know, in the South they have all the casseroles. I like dips, mm. like buffalo chicken dip. Yep. I like I like wings. Dip. Pizza wings, chicken wings, not pizza wings, chicken wings. <laughs> I like chicken wings. They're good. It's a pizza wing. I don't know. I got I got confused. <laughs> I like chicken wings. Hunter, why do you like pizza? Oh, there you go. Pizza wings. See? Pizza wings. <laughs> You'll have to try to make that. All right. Everyone ready? Let's get ready to rumble. to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things he does, with your hosts, Hunter, Jessica, Ben, and Dina. As someone who is highly invested in the football community, please never say football and let's get ready to rumble in the same sentence is that ever again. Not nope, nope, it's not. Nope, what? Nope. Really? Not at all. Origins oh. came from boxing. I thought it... No, on TV. Don't uh, they say that right no, before a football game? Nope. No. Oh. That's called the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> <laughs> that should be included in the Pledge of Allegiance, though. Well, Just whatever. Saying. Toby Keith would agree. And really, if you're flying a balloon above in our airspace, that should be a part of the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, it should. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Modern events, y'all. Welcome to Fox News. <laughs> Why didn't we shoot that balloon down faster? Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the Altered Podcast where we honor God and the things that he does. And hey. we talk about China's antics and football and boxing. <laughs> All in the first uh, two minutes. <laughs> Woo! That's a Guinness Book of World Records. All right. We got to so, fit it in. So this week is episode 31. It is. Oh, wow. I mean, so that's that's wild. Um, if you're coming from episode 30, um, and if I sound discouraged because we just did this, <laughs> we just recorded a whole intro in our stupid SD card corrupted. So it's like deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're coming from episode 30, um, then you are coming off of a very popular podcast about addiction and it's called um the epidemic yes the epidemic of addiction yes thanks ben you're welcome buddy i have trouble. don't hurt yourself kid <laughs> yeah. um so if you're coming from that and you're listening and you're like hey i want to hear what these goobers have to say next week um then this one is just for you as well because we're talking about does uh, god working in the interruptions i could be but i'm not um, and so if go back and listen to the other God working through the interruptions they are really popular as well through the ones that we do. But this one's talking about Abraham and some stories about Abraham. And this isn't about the whole story of Abraham because <laughs> Lord, we'd be here forever. We're just taking one little like. We'll snip it. Yeah. Yeah. So Snack size. we're going to uh, get into that um, soon. But before we do, we want to say, uh, we want to let you hear from our sponsor. Yep. So Anchor, here's. Our lovely ad that we're going to remember to put in this time. That's why Dina's giggling at me. Yeah. So you'll either hear an ad or like a five-second pause break. So if you hear the five-second pause break, just 
push on through. Yeah. So. Here's the ad <clears throat> from our hosting platform. Future Ben, remember to put an ad. And we're back from that lovely ad. Or <clears throat> pause break. Children. <laughs> ad. There was an ad there. Anyway. I drank water through it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a drink break for me. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, so no. question. Yes. This is a segment we do here right before we get started in the Bible time that Ben likes to call it. What has God done for you this week? Dina, go first. Um, so this week, um, actually at the end of this week, I have, I've, I'm getting ready to start my first KSOM class, which is Kentucky School of Ministry. And I've always been kind of nervous to start this because I don't know it just seems, I don't know, something like I never, never thought that I personally would do. And so the textbooks, I don't know, Ben has spent many hours studying the textbooks when he went through KSOM. So I was really nervous that it would just be super time consuming and boring. I'll be honest. I thought that it was going to be boring, but actually, as I started reading this textbook, that's like 900 something pages long, it has been absolutely incredible. I have loved it so much. It has all of this incredible background history and geography and all that nerdy stuff that I am just absolutely like just absorbing as much information as I can and bookmarking pages. I want to go back and, and reread after this class is done. So, um, yeah, so that's what God has done for me is he's given me peace and lots of understanding about the old Testament, which, um, I think in some ways I've always kind of understood, but it's just when you hear it from somebody else, and you kind of put all the pieces together. You're like, oh, that. And I never realized how badly I understood how um, the whole like Israel, Egypt area was on a map. Like, I don't know. I guess I just didn't look at maps enough. I don't know. <clears throat> if I would have been on Carmen San Diego back in the day and had to, you know, put the little posts on those spaces on the map, I probably would have failed. So in that region. And so that has been like, Something I want to work toward is understanding <clears throat> where all those places are on a map much better. There you go. Ben? For me, kind of piggybacks off of what Dina's was. As she said, she thought it was nerdy and took a long time and all the stuff back in the day when I was doing KSOM classes. And so to see Dina just kind of, you know, she's been being like, hey, did you know about this? Hey, did you know about that? Yeah, she would always make fun of us when we went to KSOM <laughs> together. That, and we were crazy excited about this stuff. Now she's learning it. Well, yeah, but you nerded out on way different stuff than I do. You're talking about geography. I just like to point out. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, um, yeah, it's just, it's cool to see, um, see your wife enjoy the Bible and learn about the Bible as much as she is. And so I'm loving it. I hope that you continue loving it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's me. So Hunter, what you got, buddy? Um, so first off, I like, I just love this segment because it just makes me reflect through the week about what has God done for me this week. Mm. Um, because normally when you don't do, do this, you can kind of take everything for granted. True. Um, but so yeah, so Keith, thanks for the suggestion. Um, <clears throat> So most of mine stem from a Bible study we do at work. First off, it's a miracle in itself that I work in a government place that we can host a Bible study on their time. True. 
during our lunchtime, if any of my bosses are listening to this. <laughs> technically, uh, that's not their time. Yeah, technically. Uh, just their property. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but I've ta- we've taken them through uh, most of the New Testament at this point. Uh, just finished Second Timothy. Uh, no, just finished Titus. Mm. I'm trying to knock out the small epistles now. Um, but then I started mentioning the five solas, and they're like, what? So... Um, they're really mad because they want to dive into the Old Testament. So it's kind of funny that we're diving into the Old Testament here. So I'm going to make them listen to this. Um, but I say, hey, listen, you've got to understand what Christ has done for us before you can read the, the Old Testament. Because when you read the Old Testament first, this is just my opinion, um, you're going to get kind of drugged down in the weeds. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that kind of make you feel like, why am I getting into this? Mm-hmm. But if you understand what Christ has done then you're really going to understand that I get to read this Old Testament very worshipfully, mm-hmm. that I get to, that I have been set free, I've been redeemed, um, and here's why. So that's why we're going through the grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, um, for the glory of God alone, according to Scripture alone. And I'm, I'm thinking that we'll do a podcast on these as well, because um, it is essential that every Christian knows and understands by how we are saved. And it's through those five things alone, um, each individual category alone. And it's starting to really resonate with people when I started going through grace alone. And they're like, yeah, I understand that this is what we believe, but why do we believe it? So I took a different approach instead of just like bringing out a bunch of Bible verses. I went in and teached or teached. God, I said that last week too. Yeah, I said that taught. last week. Yeah, yeah, I said that last week too. I taught um, about... I, was, I said, I'm going to teach you how I'm going to, uh, how they would if it was not grace alone. Mm-hmm. And it will be, um, so I was doing works plus grace. And they were like, oh, that would be terrible. I'm like, and this is why yeah. <laughs> it's not like this because of these certain Bible verses. So we might do that here and that might be fun. Mm-hmm. So it really opens their eyes. Yep. Yeah, my guys Bible study this past week with Kai Alpha, we kind of talked about some similar things. We've been studying Romans, and we got through Romans 1 through 3, and one of my guys turns to me, and he goes, wait, so why don't Jewish people make sacrifices today like Romans is talking about? And I'm like, well... Number one, it's because they don't have the temple, but number which is an Old Testament thing, by the way. Um, but number two, it's because the reason why we don't, you know, descended from or grafted into the Jewish line, the reason why we don't is because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. And so it does. It When you understand the New Testament and, um, you know, the, the message of Christ, when you read back through the Old Testament, the things kind of start to click together more than if you would have started in the Old Testament alone. And so it is pretty nifty. Um, and we also learn through the New Testament that everything, literally everything in the Old Testament points forward to Christ. And so you don't get that understanding if you don't have the understanding of the New Testament. So I'm with you there. It's cool. So we were sitting around today at the Mexican restaurant. We were. And I said, Ben, what are we recording about today? <laughs> Which is a bad thing to do. <laughs> but he was telling me what Dina was talking about. So Dina actually came up with the idea for this podcast. Out of her case on nerdy classes. <laughs> <laughs> so Dina, tell us the overview for the podcast and then we'll dive into yeah. it so we can get done. So it's really interesting how whenever we started talking about it, how everybody kind of had something to add to this. So it's so cool how God kind of does stuff like that. And with us talking about last week with the epidemic of addiction, I thought we needed to talk about something 
like moving forward, taking that next step. And so that's why I felt like the Lord was telling me we should call this next episode. I could be, but I'm not. And we'll come back to that idea um, as we go um, through some scriptures and some different things that we're talking about. So um, let's go ahead and look at um, the story of Abraham and Isaac in Genesis 22. Um, do you want me to go ahead and start reading that? Yeah, that'd be good. Okay. So we'll start in 22 verse 1. And I didn't mark where we're going to stop, so we're just going to go with it. Yep. All right. So Go until you're done. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you want to follow along, we're reading out of the ESV version. If you have a different one, well, good luck. Yeah. So, hey, before we do that, can I say a quick prayer? Sure. Father, we pray that you bless your word and help us to understand it and get everything out of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they, so they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Yep. So. so oh, what? Oh, okay. Oh. So, um, to kind of give you guys some, a little bit of background with this, a few years ago, um, I was with Ben at a family function, and somebody came up to Ben, and we were just kind of talking about Christianity and Jesus and all of this. And somebody told Ben, um, I just don't know that I can really believe in God or Jesus and referenced back to this verse and said, I don't know that I could love a God that would sacrifice children to appease him, which (laughs) 
that was way, like, <laughs> way out of like context. The way this person was saying this. Um, well, yeah. You want to go into that a little bit more because you're the one who. Yeah, their talked. wording. Their wording really was. Um, we were in church just today, which it was a Sunday. We were in church, and and the pastor was talking about this how God. Um, how God called Abraham to sacrifice his own son. And I just don't think I could believe in a God who would do that to somebody because it's so mean. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's, I've thought about that ever since that, uh, that question came up and that was years and years ago now. And, you know, it, it is interesting that the very first verse of this passage does say after these things, God tested Abraham and then all these events ensue. And so this isn't, you know, a, a willy nilly thing. This is, this is God testing Abraham in this fashion. Um, and so, you know, it, it, I, you know, in some ways it's like, oh, okay, I can see how you would think that how, mm -hmm. you know, it seems like God is being mean through this. Um, and so that's kind of what we'll look at, you know, what, what is the point of this whole passage? Why would this thing occur? Um, and so there are a few things that stick out. But Dina, you got something, so go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, if you listen to one of the podcast episodes with Alex Kennedy, what is the name of the study of God? And if he is a good and loving God, why do bad things happen? What is that called? Theocracy. Nope. No. Close. Oh. Theocracy is the rule of God. Theodicy. Good. Yeah, well, that's Theos. close. <laughs> I was so happy. It was so close. Any, anytime I can always point that out. I do. Yep. So, by the way, I was looking through your study guide the other day, and I forgot Theodicy's on there. I know. I was like, Ooh. it was not in our originals. I don't think it maybe may have been. We I just was forgot. Like, I know that one. Yeah, but anyway. So yeah, um, I nerded it out for a moment. I am really sorry, but anyway. Um, so yeah, and so part of you know my studies that I've been doing this week, they were you know had hit on this subject right here, and. <clears throat> Something I never really had thought about was the fact that during this time, child sacrifices was a very normal thing amongst other religions, especially pagan religions of that time period. If you look at a lot of religions, even around the world, um, whenever Ben and I went on our honeymoon, we went to Chichen Itza and um, was it the Aztecs? Mm -hmm. okay. I think so. Um, anyway, so there's this game that they would have at this like stadium-ish type thing. Hunter's shaking his head. Anyway, they played this, this game. This is so ridiculous. And, <laughs> uh, it was a mix between like soccer, basketball, and racquetball is my best guess. And so if you were chosen to be one of these players, you were like the best of the best. Like these were their elite Olympic athletes. And so you had to kick this ball way up in the air that was this rim on the side of yes. the wall. Yeah, like there and was like this. Yeah, you had this to try circle. to get it up in there. Yeah. But it, it like faced sideways. So like a normal basketball hoop yeah. is horizontal in orientation. Yeah. This was vertical in orientation. And it hung on the wall and it was what, like 15 feet? I'm way up, not 15 It was feet. really high. It was really, I mean, it was way taller than like, I was. Like I would just be lucky enough to get a tennis ball to go through it yeah. by throwing it. So Yeah, I mean, it was probably a good 10, 12 feet anyway yeah. up there. So, but if you won, the grand prize of winning this game was the fact that you were sacrificed to the, their gods. Yep. Because so, they only sacrificed the best of the best. Yeah. And so yeah. whenever you look back at history during this time period, like I said, child sacrifices were a normal thing. So when God tells 
Abraham to do this. You know, we think, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, that would happen. Well, that's not a today thing or it shouldn't be a today thing. And so he just takes him, you know, up to the top. And I'm sure he's sad because this is his son, but he knows that God is real. And so he's going to do what his God asks of him to do. And so when God sees that he will do what he asks and that he is a true follower, he, you know, tells him to stop. And there's all of a sudden a ram stuck in a bunch of bushes. And I don't know about you, but if any animal gets caught in anything, it makes so much noise that you can't miss it. Okay. And they've probably been there for a hot minute up there. So, um, I know anytime my cat accidentally gets like his paw stuck on a piece of tape, I know (laughs) because he's everywhere (laughs) going. So how was that again? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so back to our title, I was thinking about that, um, as I was reading and studying and I was like, it's like God saying I could be like the other gods, but I am not, mm-hmm. yeah, that's you good. know, I am way different than these other gods. And then this also, you know, parallels with Jesus and, and different things like that. I mean, you can make so many different sermons yeah. out of this. Yeah. We'll talk about some more of those points, but yeah, just to go back to that, this, it was pretty normal in pagan practice for, um, them to demand child sacrifice. Hunter, you had brought out a verse earlier. What were you talking about with Abraham? Yeah, that a lot of people don't know that when he was a child, <clears throat> his parents were pagans. And yep. um, so that he would have realized that that this is a very common thing for gods to do. Mm-hmm. This wasn't out of the norm. Uh, Joshua 24 verse 1 says, Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel. Um, is that what I'm saying? No, we're going to start in two. Um, and Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord the God of Israel long ago, your fathers lived beyond, uh, beyond the Euphrates, uh, Terah, the father of Abraham and the whore, uh, and they served other gods. Then I looked, or then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made him, uh, made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac and Isaac. I gave Jacob and Esau and I gave Esau, uh, Esau, the hill country of Sahir to possess, but Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. <clears throat> and I sent Moses and Aaron and I plagued Egypt with what I did in the midst. And afterward I brought you out. So here we see that they start, it all started from paganism, but God brought greatness out of this. Yep. Um, so in turn to the, to the title, I could be right. If Abraham was disobedient, I could be pagan, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't understand why they would be sacrificing at all in the old Testament, why do they do t- uh, sacrifices been in Christianity? So, okay. So sacrificing for, from a purely Jewish standpoint, um, so let's take, for instance, Genesis chapter 3. You have the fall of man. Well, what happens immediately after the fall of man? You see um, Adam and Eve commit this sin where they eat of the fruit of the tree. Um, you see Eve eat of the, tr- eat of the fruit. Then it says that she turns to Adam who was 
uh, with her and he gives or she gives him some, he eats of the fruit. They, their eyes are immediately open and they realize, for instance, that they are naked. So they hear this. It says the sound of the Lord walking in the cool of the day and they run and hide themselves from God because they realize um, their sinfulness. Well, the very next thing that God does is he takes an animal and he kills it and he makes a covering for them. Um, because as we see in Romans, for instance, the wages of sin is death. And the only way to cover the guilt of top of so, um, it was a way to appease their gods and to earn their favor. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know what you're asking there, which one you're well, looking for. Well, just in case anybody didn't know why. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we learned like back in history class, back in the day at EKU, for instance, we talked about how, you know, the Egyptians, like you see the story of, of the Jewish people being brought out of the land of Egypt and slavery. And, um, we, we, it talks about the Nile in there and all these signs that, that God does, um, all these plagues, quote unquote, that he brings on the, the nation of, of Egypt. And one of the reasons why the Nile is so important there is because the Egyptians would sacrifice things and throw it into the Nile, um, hoping that the Nile would get to flooding, um, would flood this area where they would farm and it would make the land fertile. And so they would throw this stuff into the Nile as a way to um, please the God of the Nile so that it would then flood and make their land fertile. So yeah, so that, that sacrificing was something that they were used to back in those days. If you look ahead, <clears throat> and you look at some of the, the practices of the people who surround the Jewish nation, God actually says at one point, he says, do not intermarry with the people that are outside the Jewish nation, because if you do, they'll draw your heart away to other gods and you'll um, worship and serve them and perform their wicked practices. Well, what you see is one of those wicked practices is child sacrifice. Um, uh, it's interesting when we look at um, that from an Old Testament perspective in Jeremiah, for instance. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet, and he addresses this. And he says um, in Jer Jeremiah verse 7, verse 30 and 31, For the sons of Judah have done evil in my sight, declares the Lord. They have set their detestable things and the house that is called by my name to defile it. These are idols. And it goes on and it says, And they have built the high places of Topheth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom. The high places were just altars in high, literally high places, mountains, top, you know, stuff like that. Um, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I did not command, nor did it come into my mind. So God says this through the prophet Jeremiah to address this issue. And it was one of, one of the main big pagan practices of the day. What better way to show that I am totally committed to this God than to burn my child in the fire? And literally, um, in like Baal worship or Moloch worship, for instance, there was a giant bronze statue they would build a fire inside of, and you would place your, hand, your child into the hands of this deity, quote-unquote, and they would literally burn alive. They would roll into the fire and burn alive. It was a horrible, horrible thing. And, and God was really adamant that you do this thing and I'm going to allow a nation to come in and crush you. And it happens over and over and over again. Um, why do they sacrifice? It's for that. But what does God say in that verse that we just read? Again, at the very end, he says, they have built the high places of Topheth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I did not command, nor did it come into my mind. Now, to go back to the original thing, this original concept that we were talking about, why would God tell Abraham to sacrifice his son? 
Now, what's interesting to me, when you read this passage, look at verse 5. Dina, would you read verse 5 to us again? Yes. <laughs> Your puppy dog wants you to know that it's outside. <laughs> um, Hunter might want to sacrifice the dog. <laughs> um, then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come back again to you. Hmm. And come back again to you. It's interesting that Abraham, now God has commanded him, hey, take your son up there, go sacrifice him. And so they go out to do this thing. And Abraham says, we're going to go worship and we're going to come back to you. What, what's that all about? You would think that Abraham would have known that he's going to sacrifice his son, right? Why does he say that they're going to come back? Was that a lie? If he's a smart man. <laughs> I could just imagine telling my wife, hey, I'm going to take Lily to take the garbage oh. out. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. Imagine if he was like, I'm going to throw her in the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, wouldn't they end it well? Yeah. Probably. Well, they may not have let him go. Maybe thinking not. he was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. When uh, Abraham um, and Sarah were old, they, they couldn't have kids, right? And so they prayed to the Lord and... And the covenant that God establishes with Abraham and Sarah was that they would have a child, that actually their descendants was, would be as numerous as the sand on the seashore. And, you know, there's that whole thing that, that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. So the whole promise that God gives to Abraham kind of builds off of Isaac, right? And now God commands him to sacrifice Isaac as a test. Um, Hebrews kind of gives us a little more information here. In Hebrews 11, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So in Hebrews 11, 17 through 19, it kind of tells us that maybe Abraham thought that he would go and sacrifice Isaac, but that Isaac would be delivered back to him. You know, it, he, he, he was willing to go and do this thing, knowing that God had promised him something and he believed. And the, the really crazy part is through this whole thing, even when God says, go sacrifice your son, Abraham believes God and knows that somehow God's going to work this thing out. Now, Abraham may not have exactly understood what God was going to do, but it's still neat to think that in all of this, Abraham has enough faith to realize that this God is going to work it out. And so when um, Abraham is tested, he just does it, right? He just does the thing, believing God. And so often that's what we should do. If you're in that place where you listened to the episode last week and maybe you're in the place of addiction and you're like, I don't know what I can do. I don't know what I should do. Step one is trust God for whatever he says. Do whatever he says um, and trust that he'll bring you through it. And so if, if you're a Christian but you struggle with, with addiction, know that God can bring you out of that and trust it. It may be tough right now. It may be hard to, to struggle through the, the cravings and the things, but know that God has a better plan. It may be hard because you're going, I thought God would have stopped these cravings. Maybe he hasn't. Maybe he has. Praise the Lord. But if he hasn't, maybe maybe God's still working, and you have to trust him in that. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're thinking, well, this is what I am, this is what I am, you could be, but you're not. But you're not. That's right. That's right. And so to go back to this story, you know, we see that, number one, 
God is testing Abraham. Number two, that Abraham believes God, even through, you know, the command to sacrifice his son, Abraham believes that God has something better and he's going to trust him no matter what. And so he takes Isaac up on the, the mountain and it says, you know, they, they, they get wood and, and they get all the stuff and they're going, Dina, would you read just a little bit further into the passage after, uh, verse five? I'll tell you when to stop. Um, like starting in verse six. Yeah. Okay. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his, on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand, the fire and the knife and they went both of them together. Okay. Pause I mean, right I there. feel like he should have been like, Hmm. At, at this point. Well, what's, what's the very next verse say? Uh, Isaac is going to ask him something, right? Hang on. So they went both of them together and Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Yeah. So what were you going to say? Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like one of those, like, I don't know funny like jokes and memes don't like make eye you're contact, the one that don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm getting like he's feeling a little sus right now you know yeah yeah like you got you got a knife you got some fire <laughs> i'm carrying the wood for a sacrifice but you know and he's looking around and he's like where's this lamb yeah and so he doesn't see the ram that is caught in the bush yeah well yeah you would like you said earlier like you would think that you would you notice would a giant ram stuck in a bush. <laughs> they ain't quiet. Number one, and they're giant. Number two, you know. Um, but yeah, so they walk up through there, and, and Isaac notices. Hey, there's no, there's no thing. What does? How does uh, Abraham respond? By the way, um, he says, "God will provide for Himself the lamb for a burnt offering." My yeah. son. Yeah, it's interesting. Abraham trusts God, and and is he lying? actually no he's not and he doesn't provide him a, a lamb necessarily but he does provide him a ram and uh, what, close enough close enough but but it, it's kind of cool that i don't think abraham realized he was doing it but abraham was making a prophetic statement there in some ways you know he was well and he was fully trusting that god was gonna god's gonna do, do something yeah he's gonna do something um this this passage it just it the symbolism of it is so great because when you read through it, you see number one, even in the way that he responds to Isaac, Isaac says, um, my father and Abraham says, here I am my son. And it, you can even tell that like, he's kind of like, when is this going to happen? Because it tells that he lays the wood in order. So he's like being very meticulous about, you know, how he needs to lay the wood for the sacrifice to be done. And then he bounds his son who just, you know, also Hunter, if your dad tied you up <laughs> and you were feeling a little sus, <laughs> well, what, would, would you just let him? Well, yeah, no, I would hit him with probably the logs I was carrying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so does anybody know how old they think Isaac was during this time? They think Isaac was probably a teenager. I think he was at least that old. Obviously, he can talk, so that's something. And carry things. And he can carry things, which is another something. And he has enough sense to know what a sacrifice is and what's needed yeah. to ask a question. Yeah. 
and uh, he can carry enough wood for a sacrifice, which I don't know about y'all, but if I'm going to burn up a child, it's got to be quite a bit of wood. So this kid's carrying quite a bit of wood. He's carrying his own wood. He's carrying his own wood. Yep. Oh, like Jesus carried his cross. Oh. oh. Actually, that's a really good point. So what we see is that Isaac is a type of Christ in some ways um, in the fact that we just stumbled upon that. Carries his own, yes, carries his own wood. He carries his own his own means of sacrifice is what he's carrying. Hmm. Partially, and he has somebody to help him, by the way. Did you notice that too? Joseph, or not Joseph Arimathea. Yeah, Joseph Arimathea. Jesus has a helper who is snatched out of the crowd, and he, literally that dude carries the cross for Jesus at one point. Um, and the reason why, now, wait, who was it? Simon of Cyrene. Joseph Arimathea was the guy at the end. He was the rich guy who, that was his tomb. It was Simon of Cyrene who carried the cross for Jesus. Um, but yeah, there, not only does he carry the means of his execution, but then somebody else is carrying another part of it, just like Jesus did at, on his way to the cross. Um, man, there's so much symbolism there. It, it's even interesting to look at the way Again, going back to what um, Abraham said, the way that he says that, here I am, my son. Have you ever looked at the original, um, the original promise to Abraham? He's, or, um, nah, let me, let me rephrase. It's not to Abraham. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of uh, Moses. When Moses is talking to um, God about the, that God is going to bring the nation of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he says, who do I tell them is sending me? What does God say his name is? I am. Yep. So when Abraham, is, when he says, here I am, my son, that is packed with meaning. It's not just this idea that he's telling his son, here I'm at, I'm right here. It's actually more, almost more of a declaration. He, he actually has kind of a double meaning there. Yeah. Here I am. It's the original, what it, the original language means something. We can't even translate it really in well, our like in English, right? No, like, we, we can in this particular well, I mean, case, oh. but it's, it's, it has this double meaning. He's, he's telling his son, here I am, but he's also saying here I am like God, here, God, here's my son. Um, the whole thing is just cram-packed with meaning. And so they go up on top of the mountain, right? Um, they prepare all the stuff. They tie up the kid who, if he was a teenager, probably, you know, it's a little more tempting with his knife. You know, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, he ties up the kid. I mean, everything's set. It even says, Dina, keep reading. Let's see what else it says after that. And when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar at the top of the wood, reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Man, that's loud. Sorry. <laughs> well, okay. he's yelling. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. And so it even says he take, he reaches out his hand to take the knife. I mean, there is no doubt. That this thing's gonna go down at this point, right? Like, and then Abraham's like, "Here I am." Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not like, you know, he's not. It's not like he's like, God, don't make me do it. Like he is. He is. I mean, he's in it, right? He's in it to win it. And he take he reaches out his hand to get the knife. Now, you know, preachers love to be like, and he raises the knife up, and he's like, I'm gonna stab this child, and that's when he stops him. It. The Bible says he reaches out his hand to take the knife. Um, the point is, it, it was going to happen regardless, right? It was happening one way or another. 
Um, but the angel stops him right there. And that, that's when we see this thing that preachers do love to talk about, which is substitutionary atonement, right? Some could even call it penal substitutionary atonement. It's this thing where God provides a substitute sacrifice instead of the sacrifice that should have been. And so what was going to happen is that Isaac was going to die um, for his own sins, you know, and for the sins of Abraham. Um, but what we find out instead is that God provides a way out instead. And so in the, in the book of Jeremiah, for instance, Jeremiah does address this. I, God says, I never, it never entered my mind that you should sacrifice your children to me. But this was a test, right? This was a test. Um, and this so is the it, one thing that he treasured probably the most. Yeah. And, and this is exactly, this was a test and, and this was the, the, the biggest thing that he could have asked that God could have asked, Dina, would you finish reading after, after this whole thing's done, right? There's the Ram, they sacrifice the Ram. Um, and then it says why that whole thing happens. Would you read why that happens? Uh, and starting in verse 14. Yeah. So Abraham called the name of that place. The Lord will provide as it is said to this day on the Mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Keep going. Oh. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven, heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn declares the Lord because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son. I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Okay. So, yeah. So uh, what we see there is that the angel gives the whole point of the testing, right? The whole point of the testing, like, like you said, Dina, is that Isaac was the, was the, probably the treasured possession of, a, of everything Abraham has. Abraham at this point is a rich man. He's got all kinds of stuff. He has this beautiful wife. He's got everything um, that he could ever want. And now God has given him a child. The final thing that he desires, because he actually says at one point, everything else is meaningless because I can't pass my stuff on to anybody. I can be the richest man in the world, but if I don't have a, an heir to pass this along to, what's the point? And God has given him this one thing and now God demands it of him. And what we see is that Abraham offers the thing that God has given him, this promise, this fulfillment of a promise. Um, and now he knows that there's nothing that Abraham won't do for him. He, he knows, but Hunter question, does God know everything? Yes. Did God know that he would do what he asked him to do? Yes. Yes. So why test him? Is it a test for God or is it a test for Abraham? Well, definitely a test for Abraham. Yes. What do you think that does then? It's not that it's the God, boost to Abraham's faith. Yeah. It's not that God needs to know anything. It's really for Abraham. It's kind of Abraham's final step of coming out of this whole pagan thing. Right. And knowing that this God, he's going to trust him no matter what. And 
it is not only that, but I think more than anything else, it is actually a sign for Abraham and for his offspring to come and for their offspring and their offspring that guess what? You shouldn't sacrifice children, you morons. <laughs> what do they do, though? What do they do? They sacrifice their kids in the fire to Baal and Moloch and all this stuff. Do you know where this event takes place? On a mountain. On a mountain. Mount Moriah, to be precise. Do you know what was built on Mount Moriah later on in biblical history? A building. Yep. Guess All what? I want for Christmas is you was the filming site. Right <laughs> here. No. <laughs> Guess what was built on Mount Moriah on that on that site right there? Guess what? Guess what was built there? The temple. Guess where that probably? Guess what part of the temple probably sat on that exact site according to Jewish history? The Holy of Holies. Guess what was right down the way from that, like within eyesight of that site? The Ram store? No. You know the Valley of Hinnom we were talking about in Jeremiah, where they sacrificed their children to Baal. Mm-hmm. The Valley of Hinnom was without eyesight. If you looked, it was like right down the hill down there. Like you could see it from the site where God said, don't sacrifice your son. What's so ironic about this whole thing is that God was showing himself, showing not himself. I, I, I misspoke there. God is showing the people that he himself is supreme over all other gods. So Dina, you said it and it's 100% true. Let's wrap this whole thing up. So number one, it's interesting that every other God in those times was like, you sacrifice your child to me so that you can earn my favor. Well, and none of those gods really existed. And none of those gods were, yeah. yeah the Bible, <laughs> Let's point that out real quick. Yeah, the Bible is very clear that none of those gods were real, um, that they were fake idols that do nothing. Yeah, they smoked a bunch of stuff and then heard voices. And we're like, we're going to, actually, you know who the voice probably was? Satan, but that's... <laughs> There's no another probably, podcast for another yeah, day. Yeah, that's no, Go no back to too. the Demon Possession podcast, like a couple episodes. He's back. like episode 15 or yeah, something. Yeah, well, I mean, and the Bible teaches us that. Like, it's Satan that is, anyway, that's telling him to do these things. Um, but they sacrifice their child to a God to appease it. What does our God do? He gives us a substitute so that we never have to sacrifice our children. And not on top of that, what's going to happen later on? He's going to sacrifice his own son for the sins of the world. Every other deity would say, you must sacrifice your child to make me happy with you. Our God would sacrifice his own son to make a way where there was no way. If you're out there and you're addicted, Jesus was sacrificed for you so that you could be set free from sin and death. And so if you're out there right now and you're not addicted, but you know, it doesn't matter where you're at. If you know that there is sin in your heart and you need help, there is a way out, and it is Jesus. The only way for sin to be eradicated in your life is Jesus Christ. Our God is the one who sacrifices his own son so that we could have life. It's so interesting if you look at, for instance, um, Genesis chapter 8, 10, where you see, um, it's chapter 8, where you see Noah and the flood. What is the sign? What is the sign in the clouds that God gives that he will never again destroy the earth? A bow. What is a bow used for? It's not the pretty hair bow that we think, you know, it's not that. What is a bow used for? It's used to shoot arrows. Which direction does the bow point? Up. Yep. The danger end of the bow would be the end that shoots the arrow. God literally puts a bow in the clouds, and if you drew a bow, the direction points up at God. The idea, the symbolism behind it is that God is going to take the arrow. 
God is going to sacrifice his own son so that we can have life. That's the point. So when you see this story, number one, God isn't like other gods. Number two, he's showing Abraham that he's going to make a way. And number three, he's showing Abraham's offspring that they will never have to sacrifice their children and shouldn't. And he's going to place a temple in that exact spot within eyesight of the dang place where they would sacrifice their children. And he's going to give them a sign. No, we don't sacrifice our kids. I'm going to make a way. If you're out there and you're going, I have so much that's wrong with me. Guess what? God's made a way. He's made a way for you to have life. And how do you do it? The Bible says that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How do you do it? You cry out to Jesus and you ask him for help. And I guarantee, I guarantee that our God's arm is not too short, that he will help you. We may think we're one thing, but we can be something else. And it is all dependent on the sacrifice of Jesus alone. Can I pray for you on a podcast <laughs> over air? Because that's what we do. We go to a God who can do all things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come in Jesus' name and I pray for the people who are under the sound of my voice, who are sitting out there listening to this thing, who need you. God, we know that we're sinners. We know that we've erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. But Father, you made a way there was no way. And so, God, my prayer is for those people who need you so much. My Father, my prayer is that they would accept that free gift of grace, a gift that is substitutionary, that atones for sin and, and is given in place of us. We are the ones who deserve to die for our sins. But you made a way where there was no, no way. And so, Father, we are thankful. We're thankful for your grace and for the substitute of your son. Jesus, we are thankful that your word says that it was for the joy set before you that you endured the cross so that we could be reconciled, that we could be adopted into the family of God once more. And so, Father, my prayer is for the people who are out there who need you, May they call upon your name right now. And we know that you'll save them. Thank you, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So while I pull myself together, Hunter, give me your last 10%. <clears throat> My last 10% is simply that the one true God, unlike any other little G fake God, when dealing with sinful people did not ultimately require Abraham to sacrifice his son for atonement. He sent something else. And ultimately, thousands of years later, he sent one thing for all, and that was his son, who was also God himself. Sent himself a trying part of himself, the son of God, <clears throat> was sent down to bear the cross, not for God's enjoyment, not for God's 
uh, amusement, not because God's cruel, but he did it for each and every one of us. That alone is the 10%, is that, hey, through everything, through the story and through what you think it can mean, that you were not required to give up the thing that was meant to you. Abraham was not meant to give up what was meaning most to him, which was his son. But you know who will give up what means the most to him? God. Right? Because let me tell you something. I love Ben and Dina greatly, but I will not sacrifice one of my children for them. I'll allow somebody to shoot you all in the head before I would let somebody shoot my child in the head. But God sent his son to die for people. That's insane. But it's loving. So when people say, how can a just God do this? Or how can a just God do that? I'm just like, how have you ever realized what God has actually has done for you? He has done more for you than what anybody else on the face of this planet would have done. But you want to say that he's unjust for certain reasons. It's about how you look at things. Dina, less 10%. Well, you stole like most of mine. But <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm good at it. <laughs> um, just thinking about the, you know, I could be, but I am not. Um, you know, Christians are supposed to really be setting themselves apart. And so they could be like things of the world, but we're not, you know. And so just... If you're a Christian out there or want to be a Christian, you know, there is some separation there so that we can, and you don't have to be like, it's not like something crazy. Like I know people get all caught up in these laws and rules and blah, 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 blah. But you know, it's not necessarily about that. I don't don't know. (laughs) I'm not trying to be too legalistic here, but I'm kind of sounding legalistic. What you're saying is it's, it's not just religion, it's relationship. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so just, you know, if you're scared about the rules or whatever, it's not about that. It's about your relationship with Jesus. Ben, don't cry on me, please. (laughs) Hey, there's no, no promises. Um, last 10% for me. I, I just love, the thought that out of this sight that should have been a tragic death scene for Isaac, God builds a temple. You know, he takes this place that should have been something and God turns it into something else. And then he makes it a place of worship where his name will be lifted up for all the nation of Israel for the rest of time. And so, um, yeah, I just, I just think that's so cool. God takes this place and he provides and then he, he's later going to establish the temple on it. So neat. Huh. So cool. Well, you know what time it is? Hunter's Random Question. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> so staying in tune with the topic of today, um, not about sacrificing children. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> um, Where are we going with this? Yeah. So I could be, but I'm not. Ah. So when you was a child... My cat just killed something. Um, I could be, but I'm not. So, what in the world is going on in this house? Things are making noises. 
Okay. I could be, but I'm not. So when you was a child and you thought about what you was going to be in the future. So obviously we're all involved in ministry. So mm-hmm. there's, so, but I'm not is that we're in the ministry and we're sharing the gospel for people. Um, that is what we are doing. What did you want to devote your life to beforehand? Wait, what? What did you what did what did you want to grow up to be? What did you want to go to school for? What did you want to devote your life to before you got called to do oh, okay. the ministry? Mm. So I could be, but I'm not because I'm sharing the gospel now. So there are all these pictures of me, and I hope my mother doesn't share any of these, mother, because <clears throat> she listens to every one of these. But you can all, share it with me, Brenda. I'll put it on the oh, podcast. <laughs> there are all these pictures of me. I wanted to be an army man like my grandfather, who was in World War II. And so when I was a kid, there's even, there's this lovely picture of me wearing this green shirt that says army on it. I got it from the army Navy surplus store. I've got like my, I think I've got camo pants on my combat boots. I've got this like beret. I'm doing the salute. Like I'm doing the whole thing. You're such a cute little guy. Oh, something. I wanted to be an army man. Um, but it's funny. I, I was, I prophetically knew somehow when I was a kid that I was going to be a preacher because my other grandfather on my dad's side, he was he was a preacher. And I used to say, I'm going to be a preacher like Papa one day when I grew up. And my grandmother used to say, well, honey, you've got to be called. And so when I was like a wee little kid, like two, three years old, like three years old, um, when the phone would ring, I used to be like, Mom, is that my call? And she'd be like, no. <laughs> you know, she didn't know what I was talking about. Um, but, but. Yeah, from the time I was a le- like a little kid too. We little kid, we little, kid. We little guy, we little feller. <laughs> I always wanted to be an army man, and, and I even dressed up, did all the stuff. I used to dig foxholes in the backyard. I'm sure my mother <laughs> loved that. So anyway, there you go. And you and I was talking about this earlier today. Yeah, it just hit me like in the last thirty seconds what the random question was going to be because mm-hmm. it's truly random. But you said if you think you'd have went down that route, you don't think you would be safe today. Oh, I don't know. I I think I don't know. I was listening to this this guy talking about um, his time in the military, and I don't know. I just I think I'd be dead, and I think I would have died, never having given my life to you Jesus. Know, if God wanted you, He was going to get you. But you don't think you would be going down the path that you're at now? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You'd no, be I don't. A lot more messed up, probably. Probably, yeah. Dina, <laughs> if you say librarian, I'm flipping this table. <laughs> What's wrong well, with that? <laughs> well, okay. So, kind of, I'll I'll talk about two other things but as a kid i had a pretty big library because listen oh, okay i was getting ready <laughs> hang listen, on there killer okay instead of candy i didn't really quite care for candy i wanted strawberries grapes and tomatoes that's what i wanted from the grocery store and so instead of getting candy i would get books from the grocery store and so i really love the berenstain bears books and then so i had quite a collection of little golden books um berenstain bear books calvin and Hobbes, garfield that sort of thing and so because my friends didn't have books i made my own checkout system (laughs) (laughs) because i thought that was cool and i also cataloged my mom's um pantry as well and so i was like okay so whenever you use this corn you need to take this ticket off of this piece of corn and put it in this bowl that way when we go to the grocery store we know we need three corns because you have used the corns so yeah i did that before i even knew anything about catalog systems (laughs) and i would get so mad that my mom would throw away all those tickets and i was like this is why we never have anything at home that can prepare a meal because you throw away the tickets that we need. So, 
Yeah. But anyway, there so you go. they were. Uh, I'm but, so disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that. And then I really wanted to be a Jim Henson puppeteer. See, so. that's where I was getting at. <laughs> <laughs> well, you brought up the librarian thing, which is something I just did. But, um, yeah, I really wanted to go to the Jim Henson School of Puppetry and become a Jim Henson puppeteer, which is why I love during VBS to do the puppets. So, mm. because I've done research on that. And then I also had a, um, I also really loved on Saturday mornings to watch Jack Hanna's Animal Adventures. And we even made a couple of family vacations based off of some of his TV episodes. So we went to the St. Louis Zoo and um, Grant's Farm out in St. Louis, Missouri, just to go to some of these places that Jack Hanna had been to. And so he always like recommended like one or two places if you wanted to work with animals that you could go there and learn to be a zoologists or whatever and that was what i wanted to do particularly to play with the baby animals hmm. so just like ben i knew from a young age i was gonna be a pastor i was like four years old i think you can ask mom i, was, I had like a guitar and a microphone i think uh <laughs> yeah preaching the gospel yeah <clears throat> but um outside of that i wanted to be a police officer oh okay which i still it still intrigues me Mm-hmm. Um, there was positions open here in Richmond mm-hmm. and I really talked to my wife about me being a cop and she said, no, she didn't want me to die, <laughs> but you could be a school resource officer. Don't, I think you start. have to be an officer, um, right. like in rotation before you can uh, do that. Yeah. So I that, really that requires that. a little more, um, experience, if that wow. makes any sense. Cause there's so much involved in it, you know? Yeah. So I really wanted to do that. Um, be a police officer before God was like, Hey, no, you're going to preach the gospel. Mm. Get in the back, punk, and read this Bible. <laughs> Get saved. So we have a police officer, an army person, and either a puppeteer or zoologist. Or a librarian, librarian. Yeah. like any of the above. Well, <laughs> you know what? After all that, I'm glad that we are the but we're not yeah you know what's <laughs> funny about that is we both there's a song about that is uh, what's thanking funny about god that? for unanswered prayers oh yeah garth brooks <laughs> uh, what's funny about that is both of us wanted to go into protector type uh roles like career fields I and think it's most pastor men. at the same time yeah i think it's most men uh want to do something not necessarily with a gun and well i do like guns um, but yeah because most men want to go to the army uh, take something over and make people follow the rules. That's usually <laughs> like what happens. And then okay. they grow up <laughs> where they want to break rules, use guns for probably not legal reasons. <laughs> Is that what you want to do? Don't judge. What I do in my personal time <laughs> <laughs> off this microphone. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, listen, everybody, I've had fun. Um, I have chili waiting on me. <laughs> so just kidding. If you're hungry, just, I'm sorry, but listen, Thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast, episode 31. 31. That, that, what is this? You get the intro before the intro. I get the ending. I was just helping you. Now, children. We're co-hosts together. That's true. A decision I regret. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't originally supposed to be part of this podcast, and here I am. (laughs) Well... Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 31. Uh, if you haven't listened to episode 30, 
I really encourage you to go do that. I'm probably going to promote that for the next 10 episodes. <laughs> so, But go back and listen to episode 30. Um, I think it will bless you. Peace out. Thank you for listening to The Altered Podcast. Be sure to join us next week for a brand new episode. Also, be sure to join us on The Altered Podcast Facebook page for updates and other cool content. See you next week. Thank <laughs> you.